What you doing here, bro? I've been wanting to talk to you. About what? You know. Thanks for tuning in to Real Original. Today we're discussing Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. I'm the podcast CEO, Dave. I'm Kelsey, the CFO. I am Trevor, the Chick-fil-A. The Chick-fil-A? Yeah, CFA. I guess we can't broadcast on Sundays anymore, can we? <laughs> but I'm ch- Oh, no. Oh, yeah, that's what a great joke to start this off with. Anyway, we're here to discuss a movie, not make jokes about fast food. Uh, this movie was awesome. If I'm mis- not mistaken, did you pick this movie, Kelsey? I did, yes. I I like Spike Lee, and I had been meaning to watch this, and it's like, it's a pretty long movie, and I was like, you know what? I'll just watch it for Dave's podcast, and then it's a great excuse to make myself watch the two-and-a-half-hour movie. What else have you seen from him? Black Klansman was his last big movie, I believe, which is really good. Um, American History X is one of his more famous films. I haven't seen either of those. This was my first Spike Lee experience, so I really appreciate you bringing this up to watch. Right when the movie started off, I didn't really know what to expect because there was a lot of like old footage from around the Vietnam War times and even quite before that. And I was like, is this a documentary? What exactly am I watching here? Yeah, it was a very... Um, so I, I didn't really love this movie, but I liked parts of it and... Uh the my favorite part is early on when it's talking about vietnam and um you know kind of the historical context of that yeah but it it is the entire movie felt to me like what am i getting into here right quick quick side note i realized i said american history x and i meant malcolm x which is american history (laughs) x is a very different film anyway and I don't have the knowledge to correct you because I haven't seen Spike Lee. Obviously, okay. I should need to watch more of his movies. I thought about it real hard after I said the name and I was like, whoops. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was, a, and I was really interested to hear your opinion coming into this as someone who had never seen any of his other films, because in a way, it, it's a very Spike Lee production, I'll say, but he also tackles some different things in this and things are made differently interesting i'm not quite sure what any of that meant but i guess we'll we'll dive into that eventually yeah this movie wears a lot of hats as you've both kind of alluded to it it's a movie about how the american government is constantly screwing over black people it's a vietnam war movie like a traditional vietnam war movie it's an introspective visit back to vietnam from american veterans it it's all over the place and it really ties it all together well for me. I, I really enjoyed the experience, and I've even I even downloaded it downloaded it from Netflix, and I've been listening to it as I drive around town because it it makes a great uh, like radio experience. Just listening to these guys talk to each other and, and the flashbacks, it's very entertaining even without the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and that's a lot of what. I I like about this movie and some of his other films is that he blends together a lot of like modern discourse with usually some kind of like historical elements a a lot of the times about the black experience in America uh, depending on the movie 
and then there's a lot of cultural references too like there's some, a lot of see i mean they even mention um oh my god my mind is blanking <laughs> it's not a good night for me guys <laughs> treb we're gonna have to carry uh, this podcast i think that's fine kelsey's light i have early onset like <laughs> alzheimer's is well, so I'll tell you that I, I didn't love this movie, and mm. one of the reasons I didn't like it is because it felt like the movie Wild Hogs to me at times. And I'll say I didn't see Wild Hogs. What? But when Apocalypse so... Now. F- sorry. <laughs> Ten minutes later, I remember the movie name of the movie. I'm trying to continue. <laughs> um, so... I, it's a lot of this movie is four old guys just kind of shooting the shit and trying to be funny with each other. And that to me felt like wild hogs. And I'll say again that I did not see wild hogs. So it's how I assume that movie would be if I had seen it. Wild hogs was the early two thousands movie with Tim Allen, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing it and thinking it was funny. The uh, the doctor that play or the guy that plays Doctor Cox and Scrubs plays a, a police officer in that movie, mm. and he just kills it. It he it's so funny. I remember seeing that movie and not thinking it was funny, but I did like Doctor Cox in that movie. But that might just be because I like that guy. And Wild Hogs was a comedy. This movie, The Five Bloods, was not a comedy at at all. It seems like no, but the the early dialogue with the 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 older bloods felt a lot like that to me i it's like especially early on it's just a movie about several old guys like meeting up and you don't so the movie became much more interesting to me as various twists and things happened but i also didn't like some of those things and i don't want to spoil any of those yet because we're only six minutes into the podcast but early on this movie is just like several guys on a vacation and uh i i didn't um maybe it's the age difference maybe it's something else but i i didn't love that experience like it it was at times interesting and at other times not interesting to me i i don't know i found i thought it was interesting because it does start out as kind of like that almost like it's going to be some kind of buddy comedy going on a vacation and then i think for me, it immediately became interesting because there's just like this weird tension between them kind of celebrating being back, but also it's a place that was obviously very painful and life-changing for them. And also like there's awkwardness with like some of the locals who are, there's the one scene where they're going down the river on the boat and uh, the guy's like selling a chicken or something. There's like a vendor selling a chicken and there's just like obviously still tension remaining from the Vietnam War. And I don't know. I just thought it was interesting how it went back and forth between, oh, yeah, it's like a reunion kind of a comedy. And then, no, it's a warm movie. And then they're in search of treasure. It kind of becomes almost like a Western. Hmm. I see that comparison. Yeah, and that's as good a point as any to start talking about the players in the movie. We've got Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, and Isaiah Whitlock Jr. rounding out the four older fellas in this movie. 
And then one of them has a son named David in the movie, played by Jonathan Majors. And some supporting roles from Melanie Thierry, Jean Reno, and Chadwick Boseman, who is featured prominently in all the advertisements and on the quote-unquote cover of the movie. It's a Netflix exclusive, so you don't have like a DVD cover, but he features on the artwork. R.I.P. because he's dead. Right. Yeah, and this was the last movie that came out while he was alive. Oh yeah, I guess it did come back, come out before he passed away. Yeah, this was the last movie that he was in that came out while he was alive. I forget how I phrased that previously, but it was kind of interesting to me that in the movie he played kind of an American hero that died too young, and now that's happened here in real life. Yeah, that's why I hesitated saying like, oh, it. I guess you know he was alive when it came out because when we watched it, I think it was right after he had passed and it was a little strange to see him be like the ghost that they're all remembering yeah i uh i almost wonder if that was intentional to some degree because the filmmakers knew that he had the cancer and that he probably wasn't long for this world even though it wasn't public knowledge the filmmakers did have that knowledge and wow what what a powerful like meta casting choice if if that is true don't know everyone awkwardly pauses uh i'm just uh focusing on dave's pronunciation of various things like vietnam and uh gene reno did he say Uh, vietnam he did a whole bunch it's driving me nuts how do you say it uh i say south korea no um vietnam it's the same thing same thing yeah (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dave. I will be honest. I am. I am like really bad at remembering character names, so I did have to quickly pull up the Wikipedia to see who played who because I just cannot remember names for the life of me. I only remember um, a couple of the character names, and one of them is a character that I I strongly disliked, which maybe was part of the point of the movie, but uh, it was a drudge the amount of screen time this character was given as far as I was concerned. So which character did you dislike? Yeah. Do you want to elaborate? Yeah. Paul, uh, do you want me to describe uh, that character's role in the movie? Do it. All right. So the five bloods is about, uh, and I won't get into spoilers yet, but it's about um, several Vietnam vets who go back to Vietnam. One of those Vietnam vets is uh, named Paul and he is, um, so the, all, all these characters are black. He's a uh, Make America Great Trump supporter, um, which is pretty rare, I guess, in the black community. But uh, he has a, a, lot of, a lot of pathos that you would think would make you sympathetic towards him. Like he has PTSD from the war in a bad way. He has trouble with his son stemming from... Uh, his his wife dying while giving birth a lot of things like that and i i i enjoy that spike lee tried to demonstrate what mental illness looks like uh because it it is often very nasty and and not pleasant to be around and but uh towards the end of the movie paul is given several monologues that just were a drudge for me and i didn't care for them the monologues where he's staring at the camera and breaking the fourth wall. You will not kill Paul. 
and the U.S. government will not take me out. I will choose when and how I die. You dig? Yes, in in some cases I enjoyed it, but uh, it, it was not. It wasn't great for me. I mean, I don't know that I would say that I enjoyed every single minute of the film and that I thought every line of dialogue was purely necessary, but I liked kind of having that unlikable character in Paul. I mean, there were a few times where they did almost, I did waver towards sympathetic and then he would say or do something shitty again. Um, I just thought he was a good contrast to the other characters who some of them also had PTSD or had been affected by the war in other ways. But I thought it was kind of realistic to have one of their war buddies be like kind of an asshole. Mm. (laughs) I guess my bigger problem is I didn't find any of the characters likable in this movie, actually. And I I don't know that they're supposed to be likable. Like, I I don't want to spoil anything yet, but I'm going to just keep saying that until somebody spoils something. But the, the movie is actually about some very, to my mind, greedy people. Uh, and at times almost feels like reservoir dogs uh, in terms of just the amount of uh, screwing over that characters do to each other. And it, it just after a while becomes exhausting to see all of the backstabbing and backbiting and stuff. I don't know if I agree, though, that they all were greedy and unlikable i mean the film kind of ends with like a a last stand of sorts between some of the more with some of the more likable characters that's a relative for me um i i'll say i liked jean renault better than i liked uh, probably any of the main characters and that includes the son who's supposed to be relatively uh, sympathetic you gotta americanize his name trev it's gene reno (laughs) gene reno I liked Vin. Oh, uh, you I mean know. Joseph Gordon-Levitt from Vietnam? I liked Vin as well. Johnny Nguyen, I believe his name is. Hmm. The tour guide? Yeah. Yeah, and what a comeback he makes at the end of the movie. He kind of like is the underdog hero, like the Han yeah. Solo that swoops in and, and just steals the show. Yeah, I loved him coming back. Um, no, I don't know. I, I just, I think we had very different experiences of the movie, which I find interesting that you were annoyed by every character the whole time well can i can i provide some spoilers now dave yeah this is we talk about movies here trev i don't know about movies we're not vaguely referencing (laughs) all right so the 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 most interesting thing about this movie to me is how it takes kind of a heel turn and again like i didn't necessarily like the taste of it but i respect a lot of it because some of it was very interesting but the, the movie is actually about, initially, it, 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 it is gradually shown to you that the characters are going back to Vietnam to uh, recover the remains of a fallen squad mate. But very quickly, it turns out that they're actually in it because there was a tremendous amount of gold uh, that they could not recover at the time from Vietnam. That was uh, U.S. government gold intended for natives. Um, and so the, the movie turns into like a large part of the second act in my memory. And I just watched it, um, this weekend and Monday, I finished it. 
uh, is them squabbling over shares. And like, for instance, Paul's son shows up and is like, dad, I'm worried about you because you're, you're so crazy or whatever. But then immediately is like, I want to share the gold. And they constantly argue over who gets how many shares and that sort of thing. And, and to your point, it's kind of like a, a, a Western or a, a robbery movie uh, where they're constantly arguing over shares. But the most of the characters are just like, no, I want $3 million. They're not like, I'm going to donate that to charity or anything like that or, um, you know, use it in some positive way. Well, they did discuss that. Yeah, they did strongly discuss putting it towards, like, black causes. Like, Right. So, I mean, is the likable character the author of the movie? Uh, maybe. But, uh, you know, people are killed over this money. Like, they find the gold first and spend a, a really long scene just hunting down the gold. And then they find... Uh, Chad Wick Bozeman's body uh, after that, and it, it just seems like the emotion is deadened by it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like any of these characters except maybe for the beautiful French woman. I'll say. I knew he was <laughs> French woman. Um, I don't know. I I strongly disagree. I yeah, I feel like you watched a different movie, Treb. Yeah. I mean, name a redeeming quality of one of these characters. Oh, but I didn't have that experience you're talking about where they were constantly squabbling for the gold. I think there were several situations where the gold was brought up or the shares of the gold. I think that that's pretty, you know, pretty much to be expected in any movie that has some kind of like treasure finding goal. There's just so much detail around the shares, like like the the Dave, they're constantly arguing. He's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. Uh, he's constantly... Paul is disowning him and then saying, you know, I've always loved you. And then disowning him again, that happens like four times. It's, it's, maybe I just didn't have the energy for it. I think that's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I And even like his son, his son came in and I was like, oh, wow, his son's a piece of shit. And then, you know, because he came in and he's like, I want the gold or whatever upon first meeting. And then as the movie went on. I started to think, oh, the son seems to be like a good guy. He's arguing with his father, who is kind of being a bastard. Um, yeah, David had like a nice redemption arc yeah. in this movie where he came in looking for gold and looking to check up on his dad, and, and they obviously didn't get along. Yep, disownment number one. But they settled a lot of their differences near the end and, and made up, and I really liked the way that the movie did it. Now... I do feel like David's introduction scene was kind of clunkily put together because the way he's yeah. displayed visually, he's, he's wearing like a tie and he's, he's wearing clothes that are very different than our four main heroes here. And he's just kind of set apart as being different, but that's the only time that he looks that way. That I was confused, like from the way he came in versus what ended up happening. I don't know. Um, yeah. He's in like the tie. I was like, Oh, is he like some, fancy guy who disowned his dad for being too non-fancy but that's not at all what's going on um I, I don't know I think that it was there was just a lot playing off of 
kind of the way black history is portrayed in America. And I thought it was really interesting to see Spike Lee kind of recreate or like reinsert, I guess, black soldiers into the war because you you never think about like the black squadrons that died in Vietnam and Spike Lee is kind of forcefully putting them at the forefront of the movie and then they talk a lot in it about how that history was kind of erased and I think part of the the quote unquote the greed for the gold is kind of they feel that they were used in this war and forgotten about which a lot of any soldier felt about Vietnam and I think they're looking for like some kind of payoff for what this did to their lives yeah, and some of them talk about using the money for charities and, and good causes while Paul's going to keep it for himself in a screw you, got mine kind of mentality. And that's part of the, the joy of this movie. One of the main guys is framed as being really rich and having multiple car dealerships, but it, it's later uh, learned that all of his car dealerships like aren't really his. His name's just on them, and, and he's essentially penniless, and he needs the money to like get by and retire and have a life. So I'm, I'm writing down all the times that uh, I remember Paul saying that you ain't my son anymore. Um, but that's part of PTSD and mental illness in general, is you have a hard time forming long-term bonds and relationships. Well, now you're moving the goalposts because you said it was an exaggeration, but I'm up to three already. No, I I mean, wow, okay. I just think, I mean, but you, it's like you're projecting Paul's unlikability onto every character in a way. I just don't see how every character is that unlikable. I mean, if, if, if you're talking about relatively likable characters, then I liked, and I'm sorry I don't know the actors' names, but I liked the chubby old guy and uh, the guy who was in love with Tien still. Um but they all spend time going along with Paul. Um, they all spend time bickering about money. Um, they, yeah, there's, there's just like, what's to like about them that they're old. I just don't know how to respond to how much you hated it. <laughs> I didn't say I hated it. I just it. feel like you watched a totally different movie than me. I don't know. You're arguing pretty vehemently against liking any single character i would hate a movie where i didn't like anyone what i liked about the movie again was the overall big picture parts of the movie and i really liked the stuff about vietnam and black history because i i'm a woefully ignorant white person and i'm 31 so i don't really know anything about vietnam except for how to pronounce it and i do like like individual portions of the movie but for me tonally the movie was all over the place so like if if you're asking me whether i liked the movie or didn't like the movie like i'd probably be at like a 55 or a 60 percent like i'm not sure i i liked lots of it Mm -hmm. but it was structured with a lot of things that i didn't like yeah there were a few things in it that i didn't like as well uh the david introduction scene i previously mentioned but also the scene where David is, he's stepped on a landmine and he's about to lose his life at any point and they finally get him free. And after that, Paul kind of takes a turn to being the antagonist of the movie. And it didn't really make sense to me how he turned on the people that helped him get David off of the mine. And turned on David as well. Yeah. And turned on David himself. Yeah. 
Like that was the only part of the movie where Paul didn't feel like a, a genuine person to me. I was like, really, you're going to go that far to, to make him out like that. Right. Yeah. I think I, I think most of the rest of the movie I bought, you know, the way he was acting as symptoms of, you know, PTSD, maybe other mental illnesses and just living a lonely life after the war. But yeah, I, I agree that part didn't make a lot of sense to me either. I remember just double taking it how quickly yeah it flipped like that. There's a lot of interesting, so I brought up like some parallels with Apocalypse Now earlier when it took me 10 minutes to remember the name of the movie. There's like some shots that I'm pretty sure are direct comparisons or replicas like when they're when they're going up the river. Well, the bar in one of the opening scenes has a huge Apocalypse Now sign on it. Did you Right. Yeah, that was pretty overt. I forgot about that. I couldn't tell if they were having an Apocalypse Now themed night or if they were trying to tell us that the bar's name was Apocalypse Now. Was Apocalypse Now, which I'm like, which would be pretty funny. <laughs> pretty funny bar. Pretty far funny bar name to have in uh, Vietnam. Um, yeah, I just thought that there's interesting references and usages of existing pop culture and reinserting this kind of other history we don't talk about with it it sounds like trevor those are the parts that you also liked and it's just more the character driven yeah the the character driven parts of the movie the uh i mean i think that there's some pacing problems with this movie but i tend to feel that with any longer movie the it it is it does do some interesting trans transformations i'll give you that like you said it does become kind of a western and I don't have a problem with reprehensible characters in Westerns. I mean, it's not like uh, the man with no name was a good person, you know? So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I could find other things to complain about. I didn't think the soundtrack was good. I didn't think the action scenes were shot very well. Um, I've come to expect, like, some kind of better aging, de-aging um stuff and to me like every shot of the of of vietnam was a bunch of 40 year old guys hanging out with chadwick boseman i thought they were supposed to look their current age basically in those shots was i wrong yeah no they they were meant to look at that age i yeah i thought i thought it was supposed to be you know showing specifically kind of I mean, for one thing, it makes Chadwick Boseman's character stand out starkly as like, oh, that's Sorman Norman. He died young. He never he never got old. He never got all this same baggage. It was also just symbolic of the fact that they never left Vietnam, that it was such a huge impact on them that that's where their minds have been all this time. Hmm. They got to see themselves grow up, whereas they never got to see Storm and Norman get old. So when they think about going back, they think about the fights. They're themselves. And also, he's, in a way, it emphasizes how idealized Mm -hmm. he was to them. Everything he says is, like, very clearly, like... A hero monologue. Heroic. And he's just this young, heroic guy. And the rest of them, even in their their memories of him, they're normal and... I'll buy that. I mean, I don't think it was a focus of the movie, but again, I thought that the action scenes were not very interestingly shot or even realistic. So the action scenes were shot in a way that wasn't meant to be interesting to a 2020 audience. 
They were shot in a way that was just meant to mimic the old Rambo movies, the movies that were about Nam veterans and, and people coming home from the war. If you go back and watch First Blood, it is shot almost exactly like what you see here in The Five Bloods. Kind of shoddy filmmaking, uh, exaggerated blood spurts, tactics that aren't really used by a military. They, they don't really look down their sights that much. They just hold their guns at their hip and scream. <laughs> so there were like two different films being made at the same time. Like one was an homage to Rambo and the other was an introspective look back at the situation that like caused Rambo. Yeah. That was the same that was the same vibe I got that it was kind of uh both a celebration of like the Vietnam media that we've seen and stories we've been told, but also like a refutation of that. I mean again, I don't think the movie was perfect i i don't i don't think it was like my movie of the year or anything but well i guess there haven't been many movies this year now that i (laughs) think about it but um and there were things that were bad about the action sequences like something that stuck out to me in both the modern sequences and the the flashback sequences is the muzzle flashes in this movie sucked they looked so flat and unrealistic. They, they looked like they'd been just completely added in post as like the same static muzzle flash on every gun. And, and it did kind of make it less good, less realistic for me. Yeah, some of the editing does also... I mean, like I said, I just don't know that the editing always seemed super purposeful to me in how it was cut like it it was there were a lot of scenes that i thought were longer than they needed to be or had awkward transitions and i think sometimes some of that was intentional but some it's also kind of a vibe i get with some of these netflix movies they're a little pretentious netflix likes to make pretentious art housey movies which is perfectly fair it's their niche you guys remember that likable character who uh, still tries to have sex with that French woman even after he captures her and ties her up? I do remember that part of the movie. I, I don't remember it in that way. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't think he was trying to have sex. Oh, I'm with still her interested. Actively. I mean, there was a. He was obviously torn because he didn't want them to get hurt, and he had been attracted to her. But also his dad is threatening people with guns. Like, what is he going to do? So I think he was just trying to get them through that in a way. Yeah, I didn't have that takeaway at all. Maybe it just gave him the benefit of the doubt because his name's David. What a great name for a character or a human. <laughs> eh, I take it back. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> what about all the foreshadowing in this movie? Early on in the in the bar scene at the Apocalypse Now bar... We see Paul and the other fellows, they, they get a round of drinks ordered for them from Viet Cong veterans. And Paul mentions that he, those guys might be the ones that iced Storm and Norman. But then later in the movie, it's revealed that Paul knows that he was the one who accidentally killed Storm and Norman with friendly fire. Is that foreshadowing? I think it's foreshadowing for what's coming next in the movie. Hmm. It's kind of like when Melvin, the the larger fella, he talks about how he'd never jump on a grenade for his for his squad mates. Right. 
and then later in the in the finale, he does jump on a grenade for his squad mates. Anytime something's brought up like that that's paid off later in the movie, it's it's what I would consider to be foreshadowing. I think it also both of those instances show you can't take a character at face value of just what they're saying. Everyone kind of is literally is just doing the opposite of what they said they do. You know, I know there are lies and double crosses, like Trevor said. I mean, I think that's one of the things I enjoyed about the movie is that the you didn't know what was going to happen next, um, except for parts where you did and long stretches where nothing was happening next. I enjoyed the characters' banter enough that it got me through those long stretches where not much was happening. And there were some really tense moments in this movie, like when they start to find the gold with their metal detector. I thought any one of those gold bricks was going to be the mine. Because the mines were heavily foreshadowed as well. Anytime you, you film a movie in Vietnam, it's it's there's going to be a mine explosion at some point. Vietnam. Um, yeah, and the fact that they had, you know, met the the French team of, like, mine removers. I can't remember what they called their organization. But yeah, when they met them at the bar and they're like, oh, yes, we go out and remove mines that are still active. I think they were called Lamb. Lamb, that's right. They were called Lamb. Um, I was like, yeah, there's going to be a fine. We're going to see these French people again. Right. And also another foreshadowing scene or concept was you mentioned that Paul wore the Make America Great Again hat. Later in the movie, Darash, uh, he comes and he's wearing the hat. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you got screwed over by somebody wearing a Make America Great Again hat. A Frenchman wearing a Make America Yeah. Well, I think he, he got that hat by killing Paul. Yeah. Because he, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah, I liked DeRoche, um, like, right at the end. I I almost sympathized with him because I was kind of annoyed with the other characters. Okay, so he actively is trying to kill people for the gold, but you'll sympathize with him. <laughs> yeah, why did he earn it? Is it because he's white? <laughs> uh, no, it's because Paul gave him that nasty speech at the beginning. Now, it turned out he did double-cross him, but... Right, Paul was a bastard to him. As we've established, Paul is kind of a bastard in this movie. Yeah. But he was right. He was right. I mean, (laughs) he was also, but he was being shitty about it in a different, like, he was acting like Jess because the guy was French. That's fair. Yeah. I kind of wanted, like, a a long villain monologue from Jean Reno. He didn't speak that much in this movie at all. He, He really was only in two scenes, and he didn't seem to have very many lines. Yeah. What do you guys know him from? Because I know him from the 2001-ish Godzilla movie. I think that's all I've ever seen him in. You've never seen Leon the Professional? No, I've not. Yeah, Leon the Professional is the big one, I would yeah. say. I'll have to check it out sometime. I think he's been in other things in small roles, oh, but yeah. I, I really could not name another one. Yeah, Leon is great, um, in my opinion, anyway, which obviously doesn't always line up, but um, is, is much younger genre now. That's one I would agree with you on. Yeah. So one of the reasons why there was a a Western vibe in this movie and the subject of gold coming up is apparently Spike Lee is a big fan of the movie The Treasure of Sierra Madre, and this movie took some inspiration from that, along with some lines and uh, and other inspirations. Pretty cool. I've only seen that movie once, and it was a long time ago, but I remember liking it. 
It's Humphrey Bogart, right? Yeah, I think it is. I also have only seen it once, and it was a long time ago. I have seen it nuns. Oh, it's fun. Mm. Well, the only other thing that I really have to add to The Five Bloods was I really, really thoroughly loved the credits of this movie. I miss when credits... Like, it used to be pretty common for credits to show the character and then put the actor's name on the screen at the same time Mm -hmm. so that you can kind of know who was playing who very easily. And I haven't seen that in forever. I kind of forgot that it existed until I watched The Five Bloods. Yeah, I like that too. A little throwback. Yeah. Kind of ending. Yeah, I think you should watch uh, some other Spike Lee movies. I think you might enjoy them. Black Klansman has Adam Driver in it, right? And uh, John David Washington? Yeah. That was a good movie. I like that. Um, his remake of Old Boy, less good. Okay. He remade Old Boy? Yeah. He, wow. I, I'm pretty sure it was a bomb. Wouldn't that make it New Boy? <laughs> it had Josh Brolin in it. Well, you know what else has Josh Brolin in it? As <laughs> boy, like He was the main character. Sam Jack- Samuel Jackson was in it. Which, which Samuel Jackson? There's Samuel- so many. L. Jackson. Oh, that one. Okay, thank you. Was Samuel L. Jackson in Labor Day, though? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. Greatest movie of all time. I am tired of this mother labor on this mother day. <laughs> uh, sorry, feel free to bleep me. Well, anything else to add to Defive Bloods, Kelsey, Treb? I have nothing. I might enjoy it more if I watched it again, but I'm not going to watch it again because it's a two and a half hour movie and I didn't enjoy it the first time. Try listening to it. Just give that a shot. Like when you're out and about or, or bored at home or playing a video game and you need a, a podcast on or something, just try playing this and, and listening to it in the background. Yeah, listeners, I recommend listening to this movie. Don't listen to Dave's podcast. Just go, <laughs> go listen to Defive Bloods. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> no, no, Dave. All, all 20 of you should probably go away. Um, Speaking of listeners, if... There were any listeners that enjoyed this podcast and made it to the end. Uh, please share this podcast on any social media if you enjoy our episodes. Uh, you can also rate us on Apple Podcasts. That would help us out a bit, get some more visibility. In terms of what's coming next, I've got Beetlejuice coming, hopefully coming out on October 19th. Oh, this is why you're talking to me about Beetlejuice. I know, I'm so very excited. I, I've got kind of a small window to watch it, but hopefully seeing it sometime this weekend. Well, thanks for coming out, Kelsey. Thanks for coming out, Treb. And any listeners, have a nice day and stay safe out there.